disclaimer, this podcast might contain some profanity. So if that's not your thing, then you've been advised. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the official Making Waves podcast for episode four. Woo! Yes, and before we start this off, I just want to quickly say to my fellow hosts, I love you guys. Because in the spirit of Valentine's Day, we have a fun podcast all about the challenges in our community of saying I love you. So, as usual, my name is Jeffrey. I'm Stella. I'm Aaron. And Naya is not with us today. She's a little busy. So instead, we have a fellow APCC employee, Mr. Stanley, if you want to introduce yourself. Mm-hmm. Hello, my name is Stanley. I'm a community relations representative at the APCC. And uh, I'm excited to join this podcast. Mm. We're excited to have you. In the spirit of Valentine's, even though it's a little past Valentine's, we're going to talk about what's your love language, guys. Stanley, as our new guest, how about you yeah, let the people you get go to first. <laughs> let the people know about you, bro? Yeah, um, my love language would definitely be um, probably a little bit of everything, but for sure the the main thing is probably touch for me and definitely quality time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, touch. <laughs> you hear that guy? <laughs> uh, it has to be closer. It has to be closer. There we go. There you go. <laughs> you feel love? Definitely love. Yeah. How about you, Aaron? Oh, for me. I'm not a very uh, affectionate person, but I would say my love language is probably quality time or gift-giving or receiving. If you're hearing this and you want to show Aaron some affection, buy him gifts. He's in the market yes. for Arcteryx. And if you heard our ins and outs, you need the Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> Stanley Cup. Not me. <laughs> but you. My love language, not to bandwagon Aaron, I feel like it's got to be the quality time. You know, look, I'm getting like a little jealous when I'm not with somebody. So actually cut that. No, keep that. Keep that in. I'm sincere about it. You know, I'm only human. Like I like spending time with people, just being in each other's space, each other's presence. Like I feel like that's how I can most appreciate my partner or like my friends. But, you know, like I said with Aaron, I also like gifts, Um, gift cards, Venmos, anything you want to send me. Jeans. Stella, round us out. Um, my love language is active service and physical touch. That's like the big, the two big things. I feel like I'm like like you, Stanley, like a little bit of everything, but like the big two are like active service and physical touch. Mm-hmm. And now you know. <laughs> yeah. As much as we love talking about our different romantic relationships, we also want to spend a little bit of time talking about maybe our different types of relationships, specifically our families and kind of touch on why it's sometimes a little bit hard to show that love towards the, the people we spend the most time with. So just to kick it off, we want to talk a little bit about how we all came to be here in the States in the first place, especially how our parents have become to be here. Mm-hmm. Do you want to start, Stella? Yeah. Um, my parents are not in the state. I'm international student, so they're still at home. I'm like, I don't know, 5,000 miles away from them. Uh, for my parents, so my mom's a initially from Cambodia, but then she had to flee to Vietnam because of a war. Mm-hmm. And my dad, I'm not sure. And then since we we're both in Vietnam, my second aunt, she got, she went to the States, so then she sponsored our entire family to go to the States. And then now I'm here. Kind of wish she'd pick somewhere else besides Oregon, though. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can you touch on that more? Wait, you don't even include this up. You're, are you Cambodian? Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah. Did you know that? No. Bro. This is the first conversation I've had with Aaron. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Aaron's Cambodian. 
Well, you should take the 21 and me test. Oh, that's yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So like the timeline was like around like the time of like the Khmer Rouge, like your aunt or your, your parents went to Vietnam. I think, I mean, my mom was five. She was born was like 1975-ish. Mm. That happened, I think. Yeah. Yeah. On that topic, um, I actually did take a 20. Is it 23 and me or is 20, it 21? 20, 20. Maybe a 23. 23 Yeah, 23. So I thought my parents were lying when they told me where we actually are from. But when I took a 23andMe test, I realized I'm 85% Chinese and 15% Viet. Culturally, I'm I'm very Viet. Mm-hmm. Like I've been raised under, I guess, a mix of Vietnamese and Chinese like values. Um, my parents said that like my grandparents came from China. Like they came to Vietnam. And then from there... I had family members who um, made it to the U.S. and then sponsored our family to come mm. over too. So your grandparents were the ones who like originally yeah. transitioned to that yeah. Viet culture. Yeah, I have grandparents who speak both like Viet and Chinese. Yeah. Do you feel the well, Chinese <clears throat> Cantonese? Sorry. Do you feel like the Canto influence at all? Yeah, I do. Especially when um, I go to California and L.A., I have a lot of family who over there they speak Canto and they're very culturally both Viet. And Chinese. Mm. So, like, low-key have, like, the Viet side of the family and then, like, the Canto side? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They all both sp- speak both, so it's kind of like our family's just mixed together. Uh, well, as the resident Waysian here, um, <laughs> my, my family is a little bit different. My mom was adopted from Korea uh, when she was, like, three. She was from Daegu. Um, she spoke Japanese, not even, like, Korean, which is, like, I don't even know how that happens. Well, we know how that happened, but <clears throat> that's not important. Um, and then my dad, man, this is crazy. You know, I, don't, I almost don't even want to put this on air, but I told Stanley about this recently because we're on Ancestry.com. So my dad, he's been active on it and we traced back, this is terrible, but we traced back when we originally came to like the US. Do we want to take a guess on the year that my family came to the United States? Christopher Columbus. What year is that? I don't know. 18, <laughs> 1800s? Okay, we have 1800s. 1760? 1760. 1600s. 1600s? 1645. Let's Ooh. go. For context, the Mayflower came in 1620, bro. <laughs> but they stayed in, so they stayed in Massachusetts. Uh, my dad's white. My mom is Korean. My dad came to Oregon um, <clears throat> like 20, 25 years ago. Um, and then my mom has been Portland her whole life. So now that we know where everyone's parents came from, what were your houses like growing up and, you know, your parents, your parents' roof? Rough. Oh, me? Rough. (laughs) Rough. Rough, rough, rough. I feel like because, you know, again, I fucking moved away from home since I was like 18. So like my relationship with my parents, uh, it's like, it gets better. You know, it got better because I moved away from home. And that's a lesson that I've um, concluded myself that I would never live with my parents anymore. Um, When I live with my parents, I feel like it's also like my personality that I'm a little reckless. You know, there's like restrictions. You have to go home, you have to be home by this time. A lot of like limitations um, towards what I can do, what I cannot do. It's also like how like my parents were raised and then like how their their parents are also like projecting stuff on. So it's just like rough, but my pa- my my brother's going through it. He like texts me every day about like how fucking rough it is and I was like <laughs> Too bad. Too bad. My brother is 15 and Stop. he's Yeah. Wait, what? 
Yeah, my I have, brother's fifteen. Yeah, I have two brothers. I have a fifteen-year-old one, and I have a two-year-old one. <laughs> the Hulk. Uh. The Hulk. Yeah. So it's rough. It's rough for Bean. <clears throat> Bean, it's going through it. Bean texts me every day, and I was like, "You just gotta do good to go to school here as soon as possible." So yeah. Yeah, I mean, now that you like spent some time in the U.S., have you noticed like some key differences between like the Viet like motherland esque parent versus like an Asian American or just like white parent? Um, I feel like I feel like if it's also like depends on like how how they're like how your parents are as well. It's not just like how you like grow up and like raised um, under that roof. Because I do have a lot of friends that their parents are so chill in Vietnam, you know. Um, but a lot of them are like stricter than mine. To like Asian American parents, I don't really have a lot of um, experience like. Um, you know, communicating and then talking to them, but I feel like they're like, they're like more chill in a way. Uh, yeah, for me, um, growing up, I think my parents were very like the typical tiger parents, you mm-hmm, know, yeah. always playing piano, taekwondo, swimming, violin, mm-hmm. all of that. That do, you know, get your A's. But as we grew old, because I have two older sisters, so, you know, they were teenagers first, so they did their rebelling phase first. The, oh. So I didn't get much of the punishment because, you know, they, like, softened the load for me. They so. ran so you could run. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wait, no. They, they walked, walked so he could run. <laughs> they walked so that he could run. Yeah, but then, like, I think by the time I was in high school, I kind of, kind of became more independent. Like, I had to drive myself to school every day. And, like, they just <clears> not strict at all. Because, like, senior year, I think I skipped over, like, 100 classes. and like Ooh. Oh, my God. Yeah. Bro, at what point did they expel you for that? <laughs> they didn't expel me. So <laughs> you got straight A's. You, got, straight <laughs> you yeah. got it. So, you know, like, my parents really never, like, kept a tab on me, like, what was doing, whatever. Mm-hmm. They just kind of, like, trusted me. Mm-hmm. So, like, thank you to my sisters. <laughs> were they strict <laughs> with, like, your sisters? Yeah. They were pretty strict, I would say. But then, I, like, I don't want Because <laughs> like, my sisters are looking kind of bad. <laughs> They're just, gonna, like, not listening to my parents. Then my parents kind of just got tired of it. Mm-hmm. And they were like, okay, whatever. I think that's the same thing to my parents as well. Like, mm-hmm. they got so sick of me just, like, doing some mad shit. And now with, like, my brother, he's just, like... He was, like, doing, like, some crazy stuff as well. But, like, he doesn't get those punishments as, mm-hmm. like, I used to have. That's some growth. Because, like, I guess those punishments, like, clearly didn't work then, right? <laughs> the parents <laughs> no, are the no. ones who broke mm-hmm. first. I mean, growing up, for me, um, I also had somewhat stereotypically Asian parents, like, Aaron, Tiger Parents. What's different though is I'm actually the oldest of two kids. So I have a little brother that's 15, like mm-hmm. you, Stella. But um, my parents kind of like grew up, like they raised me, like they were really strict, like really, really strict. Um, if I didn't feel like fold a sock correctly, I'd get yelled at. If mm-hmm. I like, you know, just like you can imagine, just like really strict. But I think it comes out of, like, very small, like, tough love. So um, it's kind of like when you take the context of, like, where they're coming from, which, like, my mom and dad, um, obviously I don't think they, like, reached the highest level of education that they would hope because they had to work for me and my brother. Mm -hmm. And so the main thing they pushed was, like, education and so that you can, like, get a good job, same thing. Yeah, my brother's going through it right now same thing that I go through but he's a lot more relaxed for sure example like I couldn't go to like sleepovers growing up but this guy just has like a weekend trip every single week 
So, yeah. <clears throat> I walked so you could run, Gavin. <laughs> I'd be jealous about that, too. Because I have a little sister, and it's like... Because my parents are all about fairness, you know? Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, for me, fairness is relative, right? Fair for me is I turn 13 and get a DS, and she turns 13 and gets a DS. <laughs> but, I don't know, like, sometimes I do genuinely feel like, not animosity, but I'll be petty about it. Like, seeing, like, the younger sibling, like, get all that privilege. Like, oh, they get the clothes, like, they get the trips. Like, mm -hmm. like I had to advocate for this phone, and then they get it, like, when they're in, like, fourth grade or something, like... Do you ever feel that way? I think the one thing, I, I never, okay, I felt really jealous when he was, like, a baby because he took all the attention away mm -hmm. from me because I was still, like, me and him are, like, six years apart. So as, like, a six-year-old, when he's, like, first born, I'm still, I still wanted the, all the attention, all the good gifts. Mm -hmm. But now I have to split, like, the gifts with him. And it, But as I grew older, I, obviously, he's my brother, so, I, like, I love him. But um, as I get older, because of, like, how I know things go, I see him walking the same path as me. And so every time I go back home, I'm literally spewing him like liquid gold about everything. So in my opinion, it's liquid gold because whatever I say, it happens to him when he doesn't listen to me. Because especially like with our parents, um, because like, I don't know, my parents have a knack for like, just like, you know, like the little stuff that mm -hmm. like, oh, like do this, do that. But he gets frustrated a lot more. Um, I think as I grow older, I see like, when I grew up, I didn't have that much confidence. I didn't have a person who like instilled confidence in me. But with my brother, I'm able to be like, this is how you should think. This is how you, you like, like, this is not like how you think it is. Like, it's not the end of the world. And so I think it's nice seeing my brother having better self-esteem at his age mm -hmm. compared to when I was his age. Yeah. Yeah, and that hindsight's crazy, because especially as, like, a kid, I feel like it's very difficult to see, like, the intentions that your parents have when they do certain things. It's hard to see, like, the consideration and, like, the affection that's within it. Like, you're going to scream at me for the sock, but, like, when you get older, like, you kind of realize the context, like, that's the best they can do to, like, look out for you, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, like, all they know when growing up. That's how they were raised, so it's, like, they don't know any better. Yeah, and I guess I can talk because I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum because I'm the youngest sibling. Mm -hmm. But um, I cannot imagine being the oldest sibling because, like, I go to my older sisters for everything. Like, even, like, going out with my parents, whatever, right? Because, like, when our parents became less strict, you know, my sisters, they advocated for me to go. They're like, why don't you just let him go, you know, all of that. And they kind of, like, influenced my mom to let me go. But, like, whenever I have a problem or anything, I would just go and ask them, you know, so I rely a lot on them. So it's, like, it's really nice to be the youngest. Yeah. You're like my brother too. He relies everything on me. My when my parents like when my parents are like going crazy about like stuff that my brothers do, my brothers like start calling me crying like, "What should I do? What should I do?" And I was like, "Bitch, you're stupid." But listen, <laughs> I have a solution for you and stuff like that. And then like for everything, they would just ask for my opinions first. But also like. I'm also do stuff where like I snitch on my brother. I snitch on my brother once when he has a girlfriend. <laughs> how, how old? How old? Um, <laughs> Your brother's fifteen. <laughs> okay. Okay. I snitch on my my brother with my parents when he has his uh, girlfriend when he was thirteen. So the pro the the story is, 
he never got like a haircut professionally, like you know, like a tapered stuff like that. I took him to get a haircut, and then the next day he go to school, and he was like, he texted me, he's like, I would never go to have a haircut with you anymore. And I was like, why? Because all the girls are asking for my info. I was like, damn, it's a good problem that right. That was he was just success. he was just fucking stupid, and I was like, okay, okay. And then a month later, he has a girlfriend. And then my, I think like he like locked into his like Facebook account on like the iPad, and my mom used that iPad, and my mom like see the like the 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 message, and my mom asked me, and I was like, yeah, he has a girlfriend. He posted her girlfriend on his girlfriend on Instagram, and so I screenshotted it and I sent it to my mom. Dang, he posted her one month in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thirteen years old. I was just like, my mom's asking me, so I just I just be honest. Yeah, that wasn't like that wasn't petty. You're like little fucking bitch. Like, you think you get a girlfriend? Cut has you feeling all confident? Let's see now, huh? I put you on game. Yeah. Show some respect. Yeah. I can take it all away from you too. Like, how'd your mom react? Oh, my mom. My mom. She was furious. Really? They got back together like after the first time, and then they like they held hand at school. Their teacher saw it and took a picture of them held hand at school. Sent it to my mom, oh. and then my mom forced him to call the girl when he she's there, and then she yelled at the girl. She was oh. like, "If like you guys like continue to do this, I'm gonna like I'm gonna go to school. I'm gonna beat your ass." And I was like, <laughs> "Romeo and Juliet type oh, of situation." What the and then heck? they broke up. They broke up. Like for good. Yeah, for bro. Good. If I was ever called by my partner's parents and yelled at oh my lord i'd be in tears yeah so since then he never talked to me about his relationship anymore <laughs> you lost the privilege yeah no i lost the privilege about his love life but i still like i still on the ups you know i'm still looking out yeah so moral of the story is get your hair cut professionally yep um no i saw a meme about that one time like siblings become best friends as soon as they stop snitching that's so true because madeline like when you guys were saying that like your siblings like come to you guys for help. Yeah, I mean that's like what Mad comes to me a lot for. Cause like, like all jokes aside, like a lot of the times, like I feel like parents don't understand the needs of like a kid living in like the 21st century. Like, like this is gonna be some capitalist shit. Like they don't really know. Like, like I need these new shoes. Like just wear your Skechers. Like the hoodie's not right. Like the t-shirt's not. Right. You know stuff like that. Um, I feel like that's what's been really nice. Like with Mad and I's dynamic, and then my mom and I. My mom is the one who enables that. But like for Madeline, like making sure that she has like the different resources available to her that I can help make available to her that weren't made available to me. <laughs> I mean, my brother goes to me for a lot of things, whether it's, like, math homework or girl problems. Um, I think the one thing about my parents, which is really interesting, is the fact that although they're really strict, everything when it comes to relationships, or like, what you want to do in life, they don't care what you do as long as you make some kind of money and, mm -hmm. like, you have a partner at the end of the day. So, like... My brother had like he had game since, dude. I I didn't even teach him the game. I I, I didn't teach have him, game. bro. You don't got that I, shit, dude. I have game. What are you okay, talking about? Okay. I have game, bro. Bro, should we talk about the I dating have history? Game, bro. <laughs> Pull I up the pictures. The game, bro. Pull up Young Stanley. Picks. I have a girlfriend right now. I had to have game. Come you on. Have game now? No. Back in the day. No, I. I, obviously, you have to start from zero. You have to start from somewhere. Everybody starts from somewhere, At right? At what point were you giving him advice on the game, though? No, I think. I never really gave him advice. No, it wasn't from me. Yeah. I'm saying no. This guy was this guy, born. He was, he was born you. with the game, bro. It's like every time he'd be like, I think when he started getting social media, just like Snapchat and stuff. He's like, bro, look how many girls I'm talking to right now. And I'm like, bro, these are streaks. 
you see the heart, you see the emoji. That yeah, means we're mutual like, besties. Yeah, but no, he's definitely had like probably one or two girlfriends, and like my parents are actually fine with it. But I think that's come that that comes with like just the culture here, like. Like, I think my parents were just like, no, that's just puppy love. So it's just like, it's just for fun. Yeah. Just don't get pregnant. That's like the word. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> yeah. I don't know if it's like a younger sibling thing, but like kind of like asking the questions of older siblings. Like I ask my sister about everything. Mm-hmm. Like even when we go to eat, right? I pick two stuff like, what do you think I should get? You know, it's like, I don't know, maybe because I'm just like easily influenced or whatever. But then, like, you know, it's nice because my sisters, you're like, I watched a TikTok about how it was like how when like your younger siblings go out, like suddenly they don't have money. Like that's me. <laughs> like every time I go out there to buy anything, I'm like, oh my god, I forgot my wallet. <laughs> <laughs> is that intentional? Or is that? Like... Yeah, I just never bring my wallet. No. <laughs> <laughs> Got like a Sunny's angel in the pocket. <laughs> and you know they would just buy stuff for me, so like it's getting nice. And now my sister, I don't know, she started acting like my mom now. My room, it has like no decorations or whatever, right? Cause like I just don't care enough. Then my sister should go in there. She's like, why do you have nothing in your room? Like you need decorated, like. And she was like, oh my God, I'll like buy you stuff. You can decorate in your room. I'm like, <laughs> okay, thanks, but I don't really care. Which sister is? Is this the one still at OSU, though? No, my oldest one. Okay, because I was gonna, I've seen your what? sister's apartment desolate. It's dark. It's like a cave, like a man yeah. cave. That was a lot. We're gonna take a quick break and hit a segment. So, in honor of Valentine's Day, which, you know, it already passed, but it's still good to have nice date spots in Corvallis in case you want to take your little partner out. So, your hinge date, your Tinder date? Maybe a, a second or third date. Maybe you became official during Valentine's Day. And congratulations to you. We're very proud of you. But if that's the case, we want to talk about what the best food in Corvallis is. So, let's talk about it. Best food in Corvallis. Yeah, we can take a second to think about this. I don't even know. Like, when I think of like Valentine's day date-esque dinner and i think of fine dining mm-hmm. corvallis doesn't have that nah. no you need like like a hole in the wall type food spot where it's like it's like oh like i usually wouldn't take people here you know or blah 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 i don't have a spot that's like valentine's day date-esque but i do really like this place called four chicken waffles it's like it's like I don't know what street it's on. I think maybe Third Street. And you have to like go down a set of stairs and you have to go through a set of doors. And there's only like, they're only open for a limited. Like three days. Yeah, three days of the week. It's like a chicken and waffle place. And it's just really good. I recently discovered it with um, my girlfriend, Kaylin. And um, yeah. Name drop. It's really good. Shout out. Shout out, Kaylin. Because she found it. She that found it. Good. I doordash that all the time. Yeah, she found it. So I was like, <coughs> really happy. Favorite restaurant? Nirvana. But if you want to take your, per, like, a date, I guess, like, you can go to Block 15. Like, the atmosphere, you know, you can have a little drink. Maybe you can go, like, a little further from Corvallis. Albany. There's a pasta place. Um, what is it? Camberetti? Something like that. That place also does look good. And their food, it's really good as well. And then, like, it's, like, Italian restaurants. So it's more, like, the ambient, like, the atmosphere is more, like, a date thing kind of vibe. Yeah. yeah. If, if anyone knows Stella on Be Real, she goes to some nice places. Stella's the one to listen to. It's called Gambaretti's with a G. G-A-M-B-E-R-E-T-T-I. Yes, mm-hmm. um, Stella's the one to listen to. Y- y'all got some nice locations mm-hmm. on her Be Real. Yeah. 
Ideally, just go to Vietnam. Food is good. Restaurants beautiful. <laughs> if you wanted to, he would book the ticket. <laughs> book the ticket. Um, for me, I think the last time I ate at a restaurant Corral's was the APCC at the Korean restaurant. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was a year ago. Yeah. What was that Coriander. called? Coriander. Coriander. Yeah. yeah. So for my day, we just go to Market of Choice and go to the cold section and get food there. <laughs> yeah. And you can EBT it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, it's not in Corvallis, but I really like Boz in mm-hmm. Albany. Yeah, Boz. It's good, really good nice. Vietnamese comfort food. Yeah. That's low. That's low key the best one because yeah. that's not too expensive and it's mm-hmm. cute. And it's a little hole in the wall, you know. It's yeah. nice. Uh, my place is... <clears throat> I have two. There is one quote-unquote fine dining place here. You know Del Alma? Have you heard of Del Alma? No. I took my freshman year girlfriend there one time. Cost me an arm and a leg, bro. Because, like, you know how it... Like, you know when you're working that summer job? High school? $12 an hour? Like, man, I had to work, like, 10 hours for that. But it was... It's, honestly, it's just okay. It's not that good. But the ambiance is there, and like the efforts there is very cute. You like walk in, you got a reservation for two, Stanley Lou, you know? Um, but realistically, I really like, I still like Tian Food. Tian Food DIY Hot Pot on Monroe DIY and Del Alma. Hot Pot? Yeah. Didn't they? Wait, where on Monroe? It's next to Death by Donuts. Oh, that place. I've never been there. It's good. Yeah. And that's pure hole in the wall. I've never been there. It's comfy. He even, like, I was talking to him. He's talking about how he imports his Szechuan from, like, China. Because his family is from, like, the Szechuan Valley. Mm. Mm. So he's a good guy. Have you started thinking about your Valentine's Day? Yeah. What are you going to do? Probably not in Corvallis, yeah. Go to Portland? Probably not day of, but, yeah, I'm probably going to go to Portland. Yeah, I've been saving, like, those TikTok flower tutorials. (laughs) You're going to do it? I'm going to do it. Bro, I made a a nice bouquet the other day. I love I hope you enjoyed that segment. We're going to hop back into the main show now. And again, in the spirit of Valentine's Day, which is known as the season of love, we want to know, have you guys ever said the magic words to your parents? When was the last time, if ever, you told your parents, I love you? Never. <laughs> oh. Actually? Never. My parents, I can't, I feel like saying like, ew, in Vietnamese, it's harder. It's more cringe. It's, it's. Mm. I wouldn't say if if I can't if I can't say like I love you to my parents, I would say it. But it just doesn't sound like as serious as saying it in Vietnamese. But I've never said I love you to my parents. Maybe like maximum like I miss you to my dad like a couple weeks ago, because he says he missed me first, and I was like, all right, I miss you too. <laughs> Did I catch you off guard? <laughs> yeah, and I was like, all right, but yeah, I've never said I love you to my parents. Have they ever said it to you? Nope. Um, I think I've said it to my parents multiple times. My mom is really affectionate. I, I think she said it to me multiple times. Mm-hmm. Does she always say it? I don't think I say it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like every time I like I go to Corvallis, or like she'll she'll hug me, or like you know, like I mean, she's just a very affectionate person. So like, I've never had the problem of saying I love you or them saying it back to me. So yeah. Mm-hmm. I've also said it a few times to my parents. I actually broke that barrier of like not saying it uh, very recently, like a year ago. And I think I didn't talk to my parents about it until they brought it up. They're like, yeah, it's like really hard for us to say like, I love you. And so they say it in English because in Vietnamese, like it's, it is a little cringe. Yeah. 
I feel like when you say it in Vietnamese, it's more towards maybe even a partner more than yeah. like a family member. But I recently just started saying it because I think I was just like, you know, those like moments where it's like you watch a video or you hear about something and it just kind of like, like, bro, life is so short, you know, it's like it to like not, you know, to be afraid to do things. So I just started saying it. Um, I, it's still like it's still sometimes hard for me to say like I love you to my parents, but um, we're getting better at it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like you know, Ocean Vuong, the poet. Oh yeah. Um. Every time I read their poetry, like I have to call my mom, because it's like it's hard. Have you like? They had a poem called "The Amazon Shopping List of a Nail Tactician," um, and basically like the whole poem was her shopping list. And then eventually, like, you see, like, integrated different, like, cancerous products. Like, you see, like, aspirin, then increasing doses. Then, like, a headscarf or, like, hot packs and stuff like that. And then, like, the one that broke me was there was, like, a card that said, like, um, it was, like, son, birthday card, Mickey Mouse, I love you forever. Mm-hmm. And then the following month was, like, an urn. And I, 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 I started sobbing, bro. Like, uncontrollably. Like, it was terrible. Because the Ocean Vuong, you guys should listen. Because... They're a Viet American author, and so they like write a lot about their experience, like with their parents, with like war trauma. Um, anyways, all that to say, like every time I get those TikToks where it's like some sad stuff with like a mother or father, I always have to call my parents. Mm. My mom is like very affectionate, so her and I, because I just tell my mom I love her every time we talk. You know, hang up the phone, love you, mom. It's it's the meaningful ones that are harder. Like when you don't say it often, it has that meaning, and that's how it is like with my dad and I. We maybe said it like four or five times. The first time was like during an argument because I was like, I love you, but, you know, which is like hard. But <clears throat> the I love you now, is, it kind of feels like you're just like throwing it in the conversation like a baseball bat. Like it's like, I love you. And you're like, oh, shit. You know, mm-hmm. like how did your parents start that conversation with you about well, why they don't say it? I think it's the main thing is like I always said it when I left. So I, I didn't bring it up mm-hmm. like when... Like, in the middle of conversation, it's always just, like, I missed you or, like, it's nice to see you. But I always say it, like, when I, like, leave because it's kind of, like, you know, like, when you send, like, that risky text and then you're like, <laughs> <laughs> Jump in the ca- car. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, all right, bye, mom, bye, dad. I love you. <laughs> just, just, like, run away because I'm just, like, I don't know. I feel like if I stay there long enough, I, I might cry, so... Yeah, because it's just like this a culture that it's not their fault because they didn't grow up with their parents saying it too. It's just like, it's hard to say. So That's the part too. Have you yeah. guys ever cried in front of your parents? They beat me, so I have to cry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> like you force the tears so they stop? No, if I, if I cry harder, they beat me harder. What? Yeah, it Damn. used to be like a problem. <clears throat> Because it hurts. Like, you beat me. <laughs> it hurts, mom. It's like, if you don't shut up, I'll beat you. And I was like, ow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Damn. At what age did the beating stop? Like, how did you stop the whoopings? Uh, the whoopings? The whooping doesn't really stop until I, like, get into high school. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then at that time, I just kind of, like, avoid it. Like, I know when it's, like, coming up, I just go in my room. Yeah, not to mention Ocean Vuong, but, like, they did talk about, like, the first time, like, they stopped their mom and were, like, like I'm an adult. Like, you cannot put your hands on me. Mm-hmm. Like, because you, your parents were strict like that just a little bit. They or... never they met, they never really hit me 
actually. Um, I like to joke about it, but they they never really hit me. It was more verbal, like mm-hmm. it it weighed on me more when it was like more verbal because it was kind of like it made me feel like I was never like really enough or good enough. So, I mean, actually. I got hit a few times. Never mind. I got hit a few times. A few times. Maybe with like, you know, like a broom or like, oh, uh, maybe it's like a chopstick, like those ceramic chopsticks, mm-hmm. but not, not nothing crazy. But know. did that kind of lighten up as you got older? Like, oh yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, I mean, it's always been lectures first and then like, it's never really gotten super crazy where he's or like, they really need to do anything physical, but yeah. Oh, I think I'm kind of like in the same boat as Stanley. Like they've hit me a couple of times, but mostly it's just like stand and like cross your arms and just like stand there for like an hour. Mm-hmm. Like that's like the biggest punishment. Loki, I meant if you cried in front of your parents, like if if you ever cried in front of your parents, not the beating. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't. I wouldn't ask you that. That <laughs> was like no, but I got hit. <laughs> Well, yeah, um, I made my mom this, like, birthday card. Not, yeah, birthday card. Like, a whole, like, you know, like, DIY book for her with, like, pictures and then, like, those, like, cringy-ass shit where you open those flowers and it's me and a picture of me and her. And then I give it to her and she was, like, flipping over it. And then she gets to the part where it's, like, a letter and she just read it. And I just looked at her and I start tearing up. And she didn't like. She was like, "Oh, it's cute." And she looked up, and I was crying my heart out. <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, it no sneaks, problems." It sneaks up on you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you really can't tell like how much love you have until like you have like your catalyst, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think I've done that before. So I, I, I it wasn't like a gift, but I think it was just a hard conversation, mm-hmm. and it was like so. It was so deep because I was starting to get, like, insight into, like, how my parents grew up and lived. And so I'm starting to understand, like, why I was raised the way I was raised. So it's, like, they didn't do this to, like, you know, just sabotage or give me trauma. It was, like, the best that they could do. So Mm -hmm. it's just, like, yeah. Yeah. So I guess in lieu of saying explicitly that, like, you love them or they love you, like, what kind of stuff did your parents do to show that affection instead? Have you ever cried to your parents? Girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've cried a few times. Let me think. Like, one time, my, my mom is like, we're like this. We're really close. She yelled at me once in my whole life, and I immediately cried. I deserved it, too. Like, I, I, had, I had some shit. But I cried there. Um, <clears throat> and then, I mean, I, I cry about my parents separately more than to my parents, you know? Like, I get overwhelmed with emotions. I've been crying, like, more ever since I went to college. I love a good cry. Let me, it feels so good. Um, but, yeah, like, sometimes, you know, you're just sitting there and you think about your parents and, like, you hit the rabbit hole. Like, when I went to college, I wrote my whole family, like, a card. Like, each of them, like, a card. That was almost more for me than them because I just, I started, I, like, broke down, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, because it's how you really just don't realize how much you care sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um... And then my dad, one time, this story's heavy, so we won't touch on it too much. But we had, like, a very big argument where he was, like, really upset about, like, me wearing my pearls. You know, because he's, like, a classic, like, traditionally masculine man. Um, And so, like, we had, like, a big argument about that. And that was definitely the most vulnerable I've been with, like, my family. And so, yeah, the tears were, like, flowing. Mm. But it was ultimately, like, productive. Like, I don't think I've ever had something bad come out of being, like, vulnerable with my parents. We're going to... Say this line again then. So in lieu of maybe saying explicitly that 
you love each other to your parents. What kind of stuff do you do or they do to get that message across? What? <laughs> do you really not listen? <laughs> I didn't, but I wanted to hear it first from you. Oh, from me? <laughs> um. Well, I just asked the question, but I, I can go first. Well, like I said, my my mom says I love you all the time, but she shows it in a lot of ways too. She likes to. My parents, their love languages, like my dad supports me in the way that he wants to be supported and the way that he thinks I should be supported. And my mom likes to support me in the way that I say I want to be supported. So the balance like works pretty well. But for my mom, like a lot of that is a little more material. Like she likes to let me know I'm supported in like my own interests. So like when I was like a kid, like my dad made me play baseball. I really liked rock climbing. So like my mom would always make sure that I had money to like go to different national competitions or like she would like make sure I had like the climbing shoes and like the gear. And then as I got older and like my interests shifted to like fashion and stuff, like she would like, like my pearls that I wear every day, like she got me these, you know? Um, like she always let me know that the things that I cared about, she cares about too for me. And then for my dad, it's more of the nonverbal. He'll call me up and it's like, it's the things that he cares about. He'll be like, like, are you eating? Like, let me send you like DoorDash money. Like I come home, like he's gonna cook me a steak. Like he's gonna buy me new skis, stuff like that. You know, like the kind of stuff that he thinks like conveys the, the love. Yeah, I think for, for my parents, what they do for me to show love it, I mean it used to be the nagging just a constant like check up like like I guess I used to play sports well I still do I'm very like active I get hurt really easily and so um because I got hurt so easily they would always carry like a mini um first aid kit so like band-aids like um yao mm-hmm. it's just like tire bomb and all the ointments and stuff um they'd always apply that on wherever I'm hurt because I'd actually get hurt almost every single basketball game that I was in. Um, yeah, just, like, lots of actions. They didn't do, like, the stereotypical, like, fruit thing. But they definitely just, I mean, they just cooked what I liked when they liked me. <laughs> or, or, like, you know, yeah. Um. So for my mom, like, kind of like Jeffrey's mom, she's affectionate. Like, she said I love you multiple times. She, like always hugged me before I go to Corvallis and all that. Like, she would always call me last year, but then it's like, I never picked up. <laughs> so, <laughs> she kind <of> just stopped. <laughs> but I don't know, just because, like, me and my sister were just kind of, like, independent. So, like, I don't really get anything from my parents. So, like, yeah, but, like, when I do get home, you know, like, they, my mom, she does the fruit cutting thing. You know, she always cut fruit. She, like, asked me to get some. Or, like, whenever she goes anywhere, she's like, do you want anything? Or stuff like that. My dad is more like, well, every week he gives us, like, $20. He's like, that's no lunch money. <laughs> <laughs> but then it's, like, it's always, like, an act of service, I think. Like, if we have a doctor's appointment or whatever, like, he'll drive us and, like, stuff like that. Yeah, make sure you, like, when you go home, like, my dad always gets me groceries. Mm-hmm. Like, come here, Jeff. Like, we're going to the grocery store. You know, like, he'll almost, like, force me and seem like it's, like, it's, like, oh, what a hassle. But he loves that. Like, you know, like. Yeah. They love being able to, like, take care of you. Yeah, I think my parents does that, too. But then me and my sister, we just don't go. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, nah, I got money. Like, I'm good. I feel like that's, like, such a dad thing. It's just giving you money. Yeah. My dad's, like, like that as well. I feel like, like, he's, like, more, like, a more, like, sensitive, vulnerable person. He's the most sensitive person in my family. So, like, he gets, like, he gets, like, emotional fast. But he doesn't really cry about it. 
he just get angry. And he just, you know, locked himself up. Uh, but he, like, he would give, like, me and my, like, siblings, like, hella money. Like, oh, take this, take this. I was like, well, don't do that. But my mom always, like, like rejecting that whole thing. Like, if you get give them money, like, they're going to be bad. They're going to be a bad kids and stuff like this thing that. And so, like, at one point, my dad's, like, stopped giving us money. But um, sometimes he was sneaks in, like, a couple bucks, a couple, like, bills and we're like all right thanks and we never tell my mom um my mom is more like an active service person she would like you know like buy buy us stuff like like your family as well stanley like you get hurt okay like i'll take care of you give you stuff like this and that for you to take care of yourself as well yeah <clears throat> i mean this is interesting for parents i think everyone has their own philosophies and this is too deep for the podcast, so I'm not going to touch on it. But I would say overall, like, my big takeaway from my parents, like, I, like, what I've carried in from it and, like, how I would like to raise my kids, like, my therapist told me this once, like, five years ago. Shout out Amy. She's great. Um, but she asked me one time, because I felt very guilty once, because I felt like I wasn't appreciating, like, the love someone was giving me. And I was like, how am I supposed to make peace with my own actions if I can see like the thought and attention that went into them because they loved me. And she asked me like, did they love you in the way that you wanted to be loved or did they love you in the way that they wanted to love you? And like that distinction, like that was everything for me, like parental, but also like interpersonal and like romantic relationships. Like I feel like that's a distinction that one made me fully able to appreciate the love that maybe my dad shows me. Cause I'd be like, when I would have his affection of like, I have to do yard work and then I get groceries, like, what, this is a burden. Like, why are you making me do this? But like, if I shift my lens and like, I see the way that he's making his effort, like I'm better able to appreciate it, you know? But towards my kids, I think by far, like loving people in the way that they prefer to be loved, like that'll be my go, my, my avenue into it. As long as it's not stupid and fucking lame, like football. Like, put your goddamn tabby boots on, Jeffrey Jr. Like, you're not playing sports. We talked a little bit about how our parents came to be in the situations they are now, what the household was like growing up with them, and a little bit about how they show affection towards us and vice versa. It was pretty heavy. So next week, we have a very fun episode. We'll be discussing our unpopular opinions We'll be polling all of you, seeing what kind of stuff you think is, is hot or not, and then we'll give you our opinions on it. Lord knows Aaron will have a lot to say. Um, we want to thank Stanley again for guest starring on this episode. Thank you, Stanley. Round of applause. Ooh. Thank you. Hopefully you had fun. Had a lot of fun. Yeah. And as always, thank you to Lay, our sound engineer, for putting up with our conversations. Uh, so thanks, guys. We'll see you all next week. Two weeks from now. See you all two weeks from now. Yep. Bye. 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 Peace. Peace.